Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. A inquisitive conversation is what Fleeple had with a Thay wizard, Anzar, who revealed himself to be a spy for the nation of Thay itself. Having seen through Fleeple's illusion into that he was a kobold with wings, thought that might have been something more deeper underneath, and Fleeple, taking a leap of faith here, decided to trust the Thay wizard as they kept imparting more information as well. They are finding ways to mutually benefit each other. Neither party, obviously, are the Jinx squad, but surprisingly, the nation of Thay, they don't want to bring back Tiamat either. They want to stop the Cult of the Dragon any way they can. Unfortunately, Anzar being the only spy from the Thay nation. Their options are limited, but not gone of how they can assist each other to stop the cult. So, with some very fun role-playing from Lance and Malamara, some looting of the bodies, and some random dice rolls for treasure, revealing a ninth-level spell scroll for the Jank Squad, we join up with the Jank Squad as they all reconvene, share the information with each other, and decide what to do moving forward, as there's only a week left before the Cults of the Dragon and the armies from the Sword Coast arrive. That is where we join them on this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. So, Jank Squad, we have all of you together. You said at the Red Camp, is that right? Yes, to the fire pit of the Red Camp. The yeah. fire pit is... Is uh, This is getting lower in the day. Dinner is done, and so those at the fire pit are either cleaning up, they are warming themselves by the fire. Uh, the fire giant has made himself a little bit away from the fire itself um, as dragon meat was being cooked upon a spit, so they have distanced themselves just for the time being. But the rest of you... The three of you can get lost in the cacophony of noise and chaos of the Red Camp to discuss a little bit about what's been going on and what to do moving forward. Lance has taken wraps, by the way, and wrapped up his Helm of Brilliance just to not publicize them. I was hoping that you would do that because it's quite obvious. Yeah, when they find Fleeple in that preparation tent, he's like milling about this way and that. And when they get in, he's got, like, a whole bunch of eggs in his hands. And he was like, I was thinking maybe Eggs Benedict, but that's a little bit too complicated. So I settled on shakshuka instead. It's pretty simple to make, but it's got, like, a big visual appeal when you see it for the first time. Absolutely. Yes. How did how did Killing Vandal go? You're alive. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it happened. It occurred. It's over with. And... We don't know the next step. What should we do? Mal looks very hurt. It was it was a battle. Yeah, you want me to summon my healing spirit for you? Yes. I also need healing too. Not as much I mean, now, but yeah. he might do that just by looking at her with her 22 of... I'm down 100 hit points. Oh boy. Wow. And I'm, I'm down almost 30. So... <laughs> Yeah, I uh, have not cast any spells all day, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to pull out a healing spirit at what level? Uh, we'll cast it at fifth level, why not? Wow. So that increases how much health they have each round, right? Yeah, so it's going to be ba -ba 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 -ba, 4d6 per round. Whoa! That they heal for uh, every six seconds they're in the area of the spell to concentration up to a minute. So that's 10 rounds, 46 each round. So 40d6? So you could do 40d6 <laughs> to heal people. So what is that? That's a minimum of 40 hit points. Um, I'm healed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lance is healed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On a, on a random roller, I just rolled a 133. 
Yeah, 140 is the average on 40d6. There you <laughs> That's go. That's the average. There you go. All right. So, Mal's feeling a lot better. Everybody's in full health there. <laughs> and Mal has, she's no longer wearing her platinum sash that she had adopted after coming back from the Platinum Dragons because that's probably not a great thing to wear into a chromatic dragon cult. But underneath her fur mantle, she has put Kelly's scarf around her neck. So it's very similar to the way that Lance used to wear it in that it's only slightly visible, but it's visible. I mean, we we lured Vandal into a cave. When we got him, he's gone. And what happened with you? You, you seem okay. It, what happened? I made an alliance with a spy who wants to sabotage the ritual. Oh, so like a spy from, like, the Order of the Gauntlet or, like, one of, like, the Emerald Enclave. They're here, too. Oh, no, they're, they're still on their way. I, I made an alliance with a spy from the, the Red Wizards of Thay. Ha ha! And I do, like, uh, jazz hands. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you have, like, you're a druidic craft. You just, like, light, like, a little bit of fire that goes. Fireworks, magical butterflies flying around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so you told a wizard of Thay that you met in this camp that you were in this a spot. Fleeple? Well, I guess I, 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 I get. I guess it's over. It's over. Let's let's head <laughs> out of here. In my defense, they told me that I made a really smart decision. No. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I start explaining the whole like, you know, these these wizards are exiles, and the people back in Thay they don't like what they're doing. They don't want Tiamat coming back either, and so they want to stop the whole thing just like we do. We're on the same side, even though we're on different sides. We're here. We're, we're both of us hate Tiamat, and we're all trying to stop her from coming back. You, you feel me? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't. We're only so far into this stupid thing. These are moments that I wish that we had a video component to our podcast. Yeah. Our faces of the. There's definitely some visual. There's some visual visual media that's being lost, but hopefully you can gather it through the audio. Well, okay. I mean, could you guys killed one of the leaders of the Cult of the Dragon. I mean, we're all doing crazy things tonight. Yeah, about that. Um, so we had an idea of maybe using the Hat of Disguise and having Lance take Vandal's spot. Oh, yes. My my new bro, Az- Anzar, uh, he said that that might... Not Severin is an observant person, and you would have to be like on all the time, like all the all the all the time. Um, and you know, Lance, I'm just I am somewhat familiar after having traveled with you for such a long time with your uh, charismatic abilities. Let's say, okay, harsh pen. So yes, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's if you want to give it a try. Uh, then I'll, you know, how, I'll leave it up to you how well you feel like you could do pretending to be Fandal under the close scrutiny of the leader of the Cult of the Dragon. We could also just pretend that Vandal is unavailable. Oh, he's definitely unavailable, yes. Yeah, he's... Okay, he's well, then we don't have to pretend. Permanently. Um, yes. I mean, there's... I get what you're saying, Fleeple. I get it, but I'm not sure... A couple things. Number one saying, oh, we shouldn't do this because the Thay wizard who's nice told us not to. I don't <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> and number two, um, during our year apart, I was able to gain a little bit of proficiency toward charisma. Specifically, I mean, and this is, again, peeling back the curtain, we had talked about it. Uh, Lance now is proficient in intimidation. So if he bases his falsehoods in being intimidating toward people, which Vandal was. There, He has... I have four toward intimidation. Obviously, that's not great, but it's not terrible either. So, um... But it's an automatic 14, right? Yes, at least. it is. At least an automatic 14 if I roll below a 10. So I do have that. So I, I can be intimidating if that's what we want to base the, the performance on. 
I get what you're saying, though. Obviously, Severin hasn't gotten to where he's got if he wasn't observant and keenly aware of malfeasance. How alone are we in this tent? How how um, quietly do we need to be discussing overthrowing the cult of the dragons in the middle of the cult of the dragons? I assume we were in a pri- more private section. This is more of like a, you start in the tent, but you might go on a little jaunt. You might go on a little walk, and you, you're looking around to make sure people aren't around you before you continue some of this conversation as well. But the three of you are having this conversation, walk and talk. So you can walk somewhere while you're doing this, or you can just walk in a circle and loop back around to the end of this location if you'd like. But I'm not concerned of, of people trying to like suss you out or try to listen in this time. So the Fey Wizard said that we shouldn't go after the mask. That leaves turning the Fey Wizards or stealing the tribute to try and stop Tiamat. And according to what you said, most of the Fey Wizards are bad, bad. But there's one who's good, bad. Yes, one who is bad, but in a way that is beneficial for us. He's the good cop. Right, That that's the correct use of good constant. He's the mm-hmm. good constant. I'll take your word for it. Uh. <laughs> Does he think that he could change their minds and lead them away or give us information on how to trade? Or do we need to start looking at the tribute? Or do we need to go after Van? What angle do we need to come in at? So one thing that I do know, what Kiki told me, is that Severin really likes... (laughs) Oh, Kiki is... She's the Goliath woman. She gave me a job. She's my new employer. (laughs) People got a job. Yes. Uh, the head cook, she told me that Severin really likes my cooking and told me that I need to make something fancy for him for breakfast. So presumably, I am going to have this sort of relationship wherein I'm going to be continuing to uh, make food for Severin. I might be able to curry favor with him in that way. I might even be able to, like, scope out his personal chambers where the mask is being held. Okay, so... Because we've got to play this out here. We have... We have the... I pretend to be Vandal. Well, even then, like, regardless of how we get to Severin, we could do we could do the cooking route, or we could do the mask route, or the pretending route. We get to Severin, what are we doing then? Uh, here's an idea. Based on what you just told me about what you have been able to do with that helmet, we get in there, we each have... A, f- a, a ruby in, or a fire opal, whichever one it is, in our hands, and we just toss three of them in there all at the same time. Bing, bang, fireball. Maybe those eight seasoned veterans will be a little bit more seasoned, if you get what I'm saying. I, mean, I, have, I, have, I have 22 fire opals in this thing, so I'm stocked up <laughs> in, the, in the fireball area. So... Possibly doing. You probably just start throwing them into the air. No. You just like eh, fireballs, <laughs> fireballs. So you're you're saying we possibly pull a vandal on Severin, like a corner. That's going to cause surprise. a lot of noise. Well, anything we do. Not is like do that, I yeah. mean, physical noise probably too. But in the camps, we couldn't pull off Severin as well as we could pull off Vandal. It might be cutting it a little bit close, but we know there's going to be a big distraction by the time our friends show up from the West. So we just need to stop the ritual from happening before it's been completed. So it would be cutting it a little close towards the end there, but if we can get in there while everybody else in the camp is distracted trying to stop uh, Antar Froom and all of our friends over there, maybe that could be our moment to make a decisive strike. Yes. Okay. I mean, thematically, it all seems like there's like, oh, the battle's going on, but there's another battle going on in here. A secret special battle. A secret battle. But at the same time, doing a secret battle while the battle's going on, he, I mean, at that point when he's doing the ceremony, he's going to be surrounded by allies, I'd assume. So that's a danger too, because if we, like, surprise and we attack him, he has other people to back him up. And I'm not... I, I apologize. I'm not trying to say this to be like, your plan's bad. I'm just trying to think it all through, because... Oh, it, it is bad. Well, oh, yeah. Um, it, any, it, 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 <laughs> Any way we do this is there's so many things that could go wrong. But like if we if we attack him during the final ritual, one we could screw up and it succeeds. Two, he has a lot of allies who could help him. But again, on the other side, if we attack him more privately, 
then it couldn't be during the battle and he could die and then we were dead because everyone's like, you killed mm. him. And we're like, oops. Flipo, can you help me understand what your spy friend can do for us? I'm honestly still not entirely sure. Okay, so it wasn't just my <laughs> misunderstanding. It's that we just don't know. Yes. Great. And for this, I can, as the dungeon master, provide a little bit more context information for players. Where I remember leaving off in my conversation with Anzar was, I'm going to go talk to my friends, see how they feel about all of this, and then we can reconvene and talk shop from that point. And did he have suggestions for you, Ned? Like, of like, this is how we could do it. He did have one suggestion of like, during the ritual... I could then turn and okay. I could essentially provide aid during the ritual itself. Okay, so, He's like, I okay. can't ever, I can't ever stop the ritual because there are too many wizards here that have the combined power to continue forward. But at the very, like while the ritual is actually happening, I can surprise people, turn around, and provide aid then and there. So he's suggesting this plan of surprising during the ritual. Right. That that's what he can bring to the table. Okay. He can't do anything beforehand because he ha- because the other wizards would overpower him immediately. Okay. Okay. So that that was what he brought. And if you have if you have legitimate questions, we can honestly cut to a conversation with Anzar and Fleeple um, to where you can ask some of these questions as well. Just to benefit you as a pl- as players as we are coming close to the end game here. So you have like a, a bigger picture of what's going on. So just keep that in mind. So before we talk to your wizard friend again, I uh, I just want to give a good, you know, um, university try at um, the other options. Is there any opportunity, do you think that we could do the tribute thing? Or is that just like, we don't even want to deal with the gold and it's either, well, we'll go talk to your wizard again and see if he can help with that or like the Severin mask thing. Hmm. And your wizard friend said the masks are kept close. So even if we try to take them, that's like getting into the inner inner circle with Severin, which is, according to your friend, very, very unlikely. Yes. In his private chambers, he says, he has eight seasoned veterans. Now, another thing that I will bring up, I have locate object and locate creature, so I can be keeping tabs on Severin and the mask at any given point that we want to, really. They're, like, locate objects, a second-level spell. I have tons of those. I can cast it whenever we want to. (laughs) Um, Could we also use your wild shape and be a rat or fly on the wall or something mm. to maybe map out the area? If we could use Lance Vandal distraction to bring Severin away, because eventually... Vandal will need to be seen around camp every once in a while, so maybe using that to do some recon that we may not need to have play out. We just get the information, and uh, <laughs> that way at least we have a plan Maybe there's going into it. I'm, yeah. I'm worried that if we wait until the army gets here, we might be too late. Okay. I think I think there's two things, two, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I believe there's two things that we can do concretely now. One, me and Manamara, Manamara and I, Proper, proper English, mm-hmm. can pose as Vandal right now, go to the white camp, and search his belongings. Because who knows? There might be stuff there that we don't... that might help, that we just haven't clued in on. Also, we need to meet with the good, bad wizard um, mm. to suss out any more of these possibilities and to see how we can move forward from there. I think those are the two good, concrete things we can do right now. Is that is that correct, or or maybe there's something I'm missing? Well, if you recall, Vandal uh, didn't necessarily have a tent that he resided in in the White Camp, just one that he would visit. He, a lot of the Worm Speakers themselves have residence in the Caldera itself, in the lava mm. tubes. Yes. So thank you, Geeky Man in the corner. So we'd go into well, that's a whole other thing. We don't we don't know how to get into the lava tubes because there might be like secret signals i don't yeah that's that's a quandary either way i don't think that lance you and i should maybe go visit with the wizard i feel like spies don't like to see other people if fleeple if you feel comfortable talking to the wizard maybe lance and i can go do some recon if you want to talk to your wizard friend again maybe he'd be more comfortable opening up to you if we're not 
there, but we will be on our text, our stone, if you need to ask some questions. I'm just imagining, like, a coffee table with some pizza on it, Fleeple sitting in one chair, and on opposite sides, there's <laughs> Mal and Lance sitting on a sofa, and Anzar just sitting in a chair, just, like, staring across at each other. Fleeple's like, oh, boy, introducing my new friends to my old friends. Yeah. So you put pineapple on your pizza, hmm? Okay. <laughs> Combining friend groups. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, I think that sounds like a good idea. I can continue to uh, share information with Anzar. And if I guess, should I try and see how close to the sun I can fly with this whole private chef sort of routine? I think mm. so far it's gotten you way closer to Severin than we possibly could have. I think, I, yeah, I think you want to keep it up because if you don't, then that could cause problems in and of itself that... Hey, the the super good chef I want is not here. Find him, and it's like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah, I think I think, but it's 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 already nighttime. They had dinner. It's nighttime. Maybe during. Well, we need a rest too, because well, no, we don't. Well, I don't know. We haven't really oh, cast anything. We I don't that. need to rest. I need to find. I need to find tomatoes and peppers. That's what I need to do. <clears throat> <Okay>. <laughs> is that part of the hollandaise sauce? Well, no. This is this, that. That was when I was thinking of eggs Benedict Shakshukas. Ne- never mind. Never mind. I, we sleeping. <laughs> sleeping is well, good. Well, the black camp, the black camp, and the red camp have both offered us tents, so we have a place to rest. I wonder if, under the cover of night, we should go watch some people coming and going from the tunnels. And by we, I mean definitely Lance with Mal somewhere nearby. <laughs> and <laughs> we will see if you can talk to your spy friend again, and then in the morning. Right after breakfast rush, let's meet back here at the red fire pit and compare notes. That works for me. Yes. Great. So as you go to break, and um, sounds like Mal and Lance are going to watch the tunnels, and Fleeple is, what is he doing again? He's just preparing his meal for the next day. Is that right? Yeah, I think if I can manage to find a way... I know that Anzar said we would kind of like, you know, if we see each other in passing, we'd be able to like share a little bit of information here and there. So while I am preparing uh, the meal for the next day, you know, occasionally taking walks around, see if maybe I notice him uh, walking out and about and then just kind of give him a little bit of a rundown of, yeah, my new friends, uh, my, my old friends, they're not very interested in meeting my new friends. So... Uh, you know, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and he, he attends those fancy, he attends the big fancy meals. So he's going to be there when Severin's back. Occasionally. Yes. Oh, occasionally. Yeah, okay. exactly. So yes, Fleeple, you are scouting about and you do catch wind of Anzar and you can ask him a few questions uh, in passing as you, um, as he is, he's walking and, um, he's just kind of like observing by the fire and you're, you're by him, like getting something ready. And so it's sort of like the surreptitious uh, conversation, like out of the corner of your mouth, so to speak. Um, what are some of the things you wanted to ask or follow up on with him? Is that, is that, was that your intention at least? Yeah. And so I think one thing I want to do is to potentially aid with the recon that Mal and Lance are doing. If there's any way that I could manage to get our hands on, I don't know, even just like a rough sketch of a map of what some of those lava tubes look like. Mm, yes. Um, so that we can kind of have an extra hand on the inside helping us to gain a perspective of what this all looks like. That's a good idea. Um, if you're okay with it, he can provide some of this information in fragments as like as you continue to have little conversations with him. Like he, he's not going to be able to dump all that information on you. As he said, having like a 40 minute conversation again, isn't going to be just possible, mm-hmm. but little by little, he can then be like, and then it goes over here. And then this is the map. And then this is over here. Uh, and he can provide you a pretty detailed map. It's not going to be perfect. Cause he doesn't go everywhere or care about anything. But I, if, if you'd like to kind of have that be one of the big things that you talk about as he imparts the information, I can get that map to you Fleeple as the DM to you of what he would know and where to go. Yeah. I think the other things that I'll want to talk with him about, I think as we are continuing along, will partially depend on what Mal and Lance discover uh, mm-hmm. as they're doing their recon. But just kind of 
you know, continually asking him if there's anything else that he's discovering along the way, any other discoveries, other ways that he might be able to assist, just if he has any insights to share as well. Great. So we'll at least start this um, mining, information mining of the lava tubes, and then we'll react to what Lance and Mal are discovering on how you're going to ask Anzar for more information. Is that kind of what it, is that what it sounds like? Sounds good to me. Great. Sounds good. So that's what we'll start Philippe on. Uh, Lance and Mal, um, you were observing the lava tubes and you were hoping to actually map or are you just seeing who comes in, when they come in, schedule shifts? Is that is that more your intention there? Jake, you said you had thought of two things that you would want to do. Yes. Which are very different than what we originally proposed. And that's fine too. Yeah, that's totally fine too. Yeah, because if, if I'm not... Here's my thoughts. Here here we go. Here we go. We're going to... I, I guess it kind of culminated into one thing. I want to start a... I, I mean, we're going back to the to the original. Uh, we're going to start Mutiny in the Camp. Oh, my god! What, what that's going to be <laughs> is Lance using... When Fleeple's not using, Lance will be using the Hat of Disguise. Sometimes as a member of the red camp, a member of the green camp. Sometimes he'll be posing as Vandal. And basically he is going to be going around and sowing dissent. Like in, in the you know black camp being like those reds, they always think they're so powerful. They don't know what power is. Power is not brute force. Power is going behind the back and making sure your enemy can't get your back. You know, and like going, and he's just like sowing dissent, like making the factions who are already tenuous at best, start to start to doubt each other. And there's one big culminating event that he wants to do near the end of it all that maybe really can set off some some fireworks. But um we can save that more till when we near the the week's end. That's what I was thinking. Cause I'm thinking just spying on the lava tubes like that's not necessarily gonna help us out anymore. I would assume, mm-hmm. but yeah. And so we'll go ahead and roll for a little bit of this. Um, not right now, but in a little bit here to see how successful, what's being swayed, who's being swayed. Absolutely. That's, um, that's something we can get started for Lance as well. Mal, what about you? Mal is in a camp and a series of camps, everybody in the camps uh, where a half orc can go unnoticed. Unlike her tribe where she was the only really one of the only ones um she's never really lived in a place where she was able to do that so because we have the red fey wizard kind of mapping the inside fleeple has the face-to-face with severin mm-hmm. mal wants to be the outside spy what am i trying to say that she notices where severin is going at what times he's going places where he's going where he's coming from because she can blend into the crowd. She has a very unnoticeable face. She's in the robes, same robes that everybody else is. She doesn't need to be sneaky to just keep a passive perception out and I guess actually an active perception out, but Mm -hmm. she blends into the crowd and just notices where he is when he goes into the tunnels, what signs he makes when he comes in and out of the tunnels, if he talks to anybody Mm -hmm. and just keep track of kind of a day in the life of Severin. So that maybe eventually when we do need to attack or we do need to intervene, we'll have kind of a routine for him and who he talks to and all of that. Great. Okay. So we each have our own distinct things that we're going about here. Let's go ahead and start. Thomas, I'm going to revise mine slightly because I want to use my intimidation factor that we designed. So instead of doing what I originally said where I'm like, you know, uh, those, you know, like pretending to be one of the people. I am instead going to use intimidation and I'm going to purposely, which is a little dangerous, I'm going to put myself in situations where I'm a member of the red camp insulting the black camp. I am Vandal specifically saying to the green camp as passing by that they are lesser than and they need to serve the white camp. I'm using intimidation to piss people off against each other. Okay. That is definitely a... That's a lot different yeah. than a, a smear campaign. Yeah. That is a antagonistic campaign. Yes, <laughs> but it's using that feature because that's what I can now. I can. I'm proficient in intimidation now. 
I almost had this image in my mind of like Lance is disguised as Vandal and like in front of a whole bunch of people he just trips and falls right in the mud and then later on he's going did you see what Vandal did he's so incompetent man that guy (laughs) yes (laughs) that's good Uh, I'm even thinking like I see possibilities of like Fleeple being um, used as well as a kobold even to where like almost like two con artists they'll be mm-hmm. like hey he stole from me you need to get that money back for me and hey, stuff like that off, you know man. like yeah yeah hey. a fake fight between two clans yeah yeah uh, things like that okay good so we've got some intimidation we've got some conversation with the red wizard to grab as much information as we possibly can and then we've got scoping out severin's plans or his um where whereabouts over the next week right okay so with that in mind, let's start with Fleeple, since uh, we started with him originally. So Fleeple, Anzar is gifting you information about the lava tubes, the caldera itself. And again, uh, for my players, I'll provide a visual map um, to where we can go through that. Uh, but he does describe a little bit of like uh, living quarters. He does describe how some of these lava tubes are quite large. There is a... Uh, one section which has the energy source for the ritual that's going to be used uh, and then he talks about how the treasure is in the northwest portion of the lava tubes and that the that is probably besides the temple itself that is the second largest area of the lava tubes just because they had to amass so much wealth so that's kind of like the general gist after like the first couple few days or so there was some like follow-up questions you might have had fleeple that you wanted to know like how can he help you right is Mm -hmm. that right he really is just kind of going i'm just for now i'm staying the course and i'm keeping up appearances i can try to sow a kind of like purses his lips there's not much i can do to sabotage as i mentioned before it might become suspicious but information is obviously one of the biggest resources i can provide you i've provided you geographical locations is there any other information you require or would like hmm if you can get me any information about the individuals who are guarding severin's personal chambers Perhaps we can start to put together an idea of how we might be able to work against them. Mm-hmm. I would try. I don't converse much with commoners, but see if I can read some of their thoughts, if you will. Yes, if you can manage to figure out stuff like what kind of armor are they wearing? Uh, maybe how, how on a scale of, like, how many hit points do they have? I don't know. Um, ah. That's a lot easier than what I was intending. I thought you were talking about, like, hopes, dreams, and passions, but... Um, oh, no, I don't, I'd rather not know those, because we might end up killing some, and I don't want to be any more attached to them than I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. I can provide you with some of those technical aspects, if you will. And I'll just tell you right now, uh, Ned, <laughs> with that information... Ooh, yeah. These are the most elite of the cultists. In the book, they call them uh, dragon souls. This is one of the highest ranks that you can have in the cult of the dragon without having a leadership position of like worm speaker or things like that. Dragon souls are quite powerful. I mean, he is gathering this intel and he is very perceptive and he can figure out this information. So I'll just tell you, each of them have roughly 100 hit points each. And they have studded leather. So, I mean, they've got an AC of like 16. And this is after multiple conversations with your wizard friend here. But they also have these orb of dragon breaths. Is also something to consider. And these are some of the more fanatical individuals of the cults. I mean, for somebody to be in a cult and not be in a leadership position they have to be fanatical to have just been stuck around and to truly believe that this is the way forward because leadership you could be like well i'm in it for power not necessarily for the cause but to be like no i will be a servant i will be uh, i will be the most powerful servant that you need me to be 
um, these are some pretty, I'll call them brainwashed individuals. They mm-hmm. brainwashed themselves into believing this ideal is so strong. Oh boy. Yeah. Fighting these so guys the pe- head on, probably not a good idea. It would be quite difficult, hence why I have not tried it, even with my immense power. I probably could sneak past them after disposing for a few of them, but then you have the alarm that's being raised, and then you have my other Thay companions that would be joining in, and I do not wish to die a second time. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Mm, okay, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking about stuff. <laughs> what are you thinking about? Are you what thinking are you thinking about? about? Oh, precisely. <laughs> um. All right. While you are thinking about stuff, we will jump to Lance. How to disguise here? Jumping around. Where do you go first? And we won't RP the whole thing. We'll just, uh, just for flavor text sort of thing. What what are you doing? Lance throughout this week wants to keep the idea that Vandal's still alive around. So he's going to first jump and pretend to be Vandal and start like on the edges of the white camp as the white camp looks to Vandal as a leader somewhat, obviously, like purposely like trying to cause ire and conflict with the camps that surround the white camp. Okay, so that's going to be the red camp. Mm-hmm. And then the blue camp would be the last one that you haven't visited before. But that one is going to be the other one that you go. So you go to the blue camp first then yeah. and you just... Just basically like Vandal will call Vandal will call a couple individuals from the white camp. But like as he can tell, like probably who's more of the like... Instead of just like, I'm scraping dishes. Instead of that, like more of the... More of the people who are kind of leading the white camp like... And call them over to join him in walking over to kind of the borders of the blue camp starting to like basically demand their stuff like this is for this is you know for the cult's purposes we know what the cult wants you just stick to your orders and stick to your place below us kind of things yeah Okay, so as the as the, some of the members of the white camp, they jog on over and they go, uh, what is a great, great worm speaker? What, what, what may we assist you with? As you rush on over to the blue camp as well, and um, you just start going to some of the peons of the blue camp, right? Some, some of the lower ranked yes, individuals. Yes, and, and not, not just like the lower, but like also, you know, like not probably match for match, but like, oh, you are a little bit more of like the, the, the lead cook person, like the Goliath woman for the red camp kind of idea like you're like in the middle maybe ranks but you wouldn't dare most likely speak back to a worm speaker but at the same time you're going to get word around that this camp is trashing your camp all right go ahead and roll an intimidation check then here and i will not say it's it's not with advantage because everybody is belligerent here to some degree or whatever what have you right and that's just the nature of the camp that's going to be 14 14 Okay. As the person you're speaking to of like Benilla West, there are some feathers that are getting ruffled, but they, um, one of the people are like, one of them is like sort of speaks up and goes, happy to assist any worm speaker that needs some ass- anything from us. But if you truly need these items, I suggest you take it up with our worm speaker. And um, one of the individuals does not give some of these supplies and it seems that like you you do intimidate quite a few that are here but one of them it seems to be speaking up and the other people sort of a little bit rally behind them like yeah like no this isn't you 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 don't control us uh type of a thing like it's one of those unspoken rules of like you're the white worm speaker not the blue worm speaker right so uh happy to provide anything we can to assist our um, brothers in arms and they proffer some of the weapons and supplies that you were asking for uh, just hope that we are properly given the back when we need them of course uh, and that was directed to some of the other members of the white camp that assisted you because they wouldn't dare speak to a worm speaker like that uh, but sort of directing their rebuffness and their uh, boldness which they'd like to direct towards you but 
towards your peons, so to speak. Don't worry, you won't need them back anytime soon. Hmm. As your worm speaker requests, as they bow somewhat mockingly towards you. But that's your first interaction there. As you, uh, I'm gonna roll a um, general mood check for myself here as you walk back to the camp, just to see how effective that was or what your people are speaking. Okay, they, um, it's relatively silent walking back to the white camp there, but that's just one attempt. So let's move forward with your next attempt. What, what's your next uh, plan here? Next one is, <laughs> next one's gonna be for uh, more of just general, we'll do, we'll do what you suggested. He'll, he'll rope Fleeple into this a little bit. And we'll we'll have a <laughs> if Fleeple's in agreeable. Well, yeah, if Fleeple's in agreement, uh, we'll have a a fake fight, if you will, between two members of two camps to rile it up a little bit. Great, Fleeple. I imagine this is part of part of this part of the um, plan. Then, uh, as you join Lance, if you would like, how would you uh, just following Lance's lead in this Fleeple here? Yeah, I think. Playing the role of the easily kicked about kobold is probably the best route for me to take. Okay, and what camp are we doing this in? We could do red and black. Are they next to each other? Was that the two next to each other? They are. Yeah, yeah they are black to each. They are next to each other. We'll yeah. do red and black. Fleeple can be red, and then Lance will pretend to be black. Okay, sounds good. Um, and so just general scuffing about uh, just an argument between the two of you. Um, is that generally what I'm hearing here of like you putting the cobalt in its place and Fleeple, uh, the cobalt uh, fighting back a little bit. Is that, is that, did I under- understand that fight correctly? Yeah. I think being petulant, but ultimately just kind of letting myself get completely wasted during this fake fight. Okay. Sounds good. And see if maybe I can uh, incite some of the fellow members of the red camp, like maybe Lance, if you can sort of rally some of the yes. fellow members of the black camp. Yeah, we start the f- we start the mob, and then we get out of there as soon as we yeah, can. Yeah, like how big of a fight can we yes, get? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right, and it's like more of like, yeah, Lance like rallying the members of the black camp to be like, basically, this is where we belong, showing people that place. Mm, I see. Okay. Okay, for this one, I'm going to Fleeple. Let's do a performance. And for you, because you are pretending to fight, unless you really just want to beat the crap out of each other. That's <laughs> Fleeple and Lance. Um, I, I think regardless, there's going to be some performance element to it, right? And Lance, I'll have you roll performance just for the beginning of the fight here. And then for Intimidation... And, and then Fleep, we can have you try and like grab some of the red uh, camp as well in this. So what mm-hmm. am I rolling here? So you're going to roll performance. Uh, you and Fleep are rolling performance right now for this fake fight, right? And Lance? 11. 11. Okay. Fleep. I'm going to do guidance on myself before we get into the fight. Ooh, that's 21. 21. Okay. So with combined of 32 between the two of you, okay. Yeah, so 21 and 11 together. You're fighting amongst each other and you're yelling at um, like, get your place, Cobalt, and uh, Cobalt being like, you can't push me around, like you're not even a part of my camp type of a thing, right? And so just whatever insults you're throwing at each other, like. Um, it's fairly fairly agreeable, especially as the red is prone, and the the red camp is really getting into your performance, people. They're prone to fighting regardless, right? Uh, and but the black camp is a little bit more hesitant to jump into something like that, especially with how big and buff the red camp is. And so, uh, Lance, you wanted to like intimidate, like this is our camp. We don't like. You wanted to say something to like some of the members watching. You do have a little bit of a crowd from the black camp as well, so. Uh, what would you like to say? Again, just like very trying to work on that intimidation factor, just shouting over to the red camp, basically. There's more ways to win than force. You can't just bully us around. We're part of this cult, too. We belong here, too. Just that stuff. Great. Okay. 
Fleeple, anything you wanted to contribute to already bring more people from the red camp there? I mean, they are pretty invested already with your 21 performance. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is like, as I'm getting a little bit pushed around the place, you know, my friends are going to be coming to be like, hey man, I can't push you around like that. But then I'm going to look over at some of the black cultists who are kind of hesitant on the sidelines, look over at one and be like, hey, what are you looking at? You want to get out on this too? Is that what you're saying? And be like, oh, I, I saw you eyeing up my friend over here. You think you can beat up Greg? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you think this guy? Greg? This, this guy? <laughs> this guy? <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Uh, since those are kind of in conjunction, Ned, would you be alright if that gave Lance uh, advantage on his intimidation then? I would be more than happy to give Lance advantage. <laughs> Sounds good. So go ahead and roll with advantage your intimidation then. That is going to be uh, non-natural 20. Ooh. Ah. The red camp is not having this. Uh, Fleeple is, you're like, you think you could beat up this guy? The guy is like, he said he could beat me up? He said, that guy said he, oh no, no, no. It's so, like rolling his sleeves up. And then Lance, you're like, you're gonna take that from this guy over here? And the guy's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want. But then the red the red camp guy just like charges him and just starts pummeling him in the face. And a massive fight erupts between the black camp and the red camp. And both of you just sneak right out of there. Yep, we're not gonna get caught up in the crossfire. 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 Two episodes in a row. Yeah. 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 So you don't get caught up in that. Um, great. We'll come back to maybe a third and final uh, one here, but we're going to jump to Mal. Mal, you are scoping out Seferin's just kind of schedule, right? Yeah. Uh, I need you to roll me a perception check then. Real quick, before you do that, actually, let's have you roll a stealth. And I'll say it's with advantage because you were devoting like your entire day, I want to say existence, but your entire day to stealthing into a crowd or stealthing into the shadows more than getting a perception roll or things like that. So uh, let's have your roll stealth first and then a perception. Mm, An 18 for my sneakies. Yeah. (laughs) Regardless of it, if it's, dexterity in the shadows or among the crowd is still a plus two so right it's all the same so we can narratively weave that in together then Uh, let's have you roll a perception check to actively monitor and gauge Seferin's schedule for the first little bit here 15 for perception 15 for perception so you're able to monitor that Seferin actually doesn't come out of the caldera except to go to the main tent for not even all of his meals, only some of his meals. And it's usually to talk strategy and you don't know what they discuss, but in one of those uh, perceptions, you just happen to be walking the other way to try and like pick up what they're talking about. And you hear one of his advisors, Severin's advisors say, but if they have the metallic dragons, we may be in a little bit of a pickle. Uh, I mean, it just depends how many are there and how many that the chromatic dragons are able to take on. And Severin goes, yes, but I have no doubt that we have enough manpower here to, and then the conversation goes off. It seems they are discussing task tactics for the force that's coming, the army that is coming here. And that's a lot of what the conversation actually seems to be geared around is how do we deal with the oncoming force and not necessarily, they, the conversation doesn't seem to be talking about the Tiamat being raised from the Nine Hells, because that seems to be one and done, already figured out, so to speak. So that's one of the perception checks you have. I'll have you do another stealth and perception combination right now. So do stealth and then do perception. And again, that's stealth with advantage. The stealth is a 17 and the perception was an 18. Okay, sounds good. Sure enough, uh, Severin only comes out to speak with his war advisors. There are a few Thay wizards there this time around, but from what you can gather, they don't really come out much. They seem to be solely focused inside the caldera. Any questions in particular you want to ask about Severin's movements, or are you just soaking it in as Malamara? That's mainly for Mickey. Like, does Mickey want a specific question answered 
about Seferin or um, entourage of Seferin. Um, as we do our nightly reports back, do Fleeple or Lance have specific questions about it? I don't know that I mm, do outside fair. of that, but as we come together and talk, since this is her mission right now is to do the reconnaissance where she can on specific people, I throw it to Ned and Jake if you guys have any questions specifically about that, because I don't know that I do. Yeah, fair. Well, I think maybe something I can kind of contribute as well is as I'm starting to get like these rough sketches of what lava tubes look like, I can also be casting locate creature on Severin as he's kind of going about his business. So even if he's not coming outside of the lava tubes as often, we can still start to get a sense of what he's doing inside the caldera. Sure. Great. Okay. That's a good, so in conjunction with Malamara as you speak, and how long is locate creature? How lo- how what's its range? Is it quite a big range? A thousand there, feet, like object. Yep. As yeah, long as okay. that creature is so, within a thousand feet, concentration up to an hour. Okay. And when you're in the off hours, not cooking a meal, or you sneak off, you're able to kind of like do a somewhat perimeter around the caldera, and you are able to start and to gather some intel about where Severin likes to hang out. He is going quite a ways uh, all the way. He does travel quite a bit around the caldera and Mal, you pick up on where Fleeple can't feel Severin's presence. You pick up in a separate conversation with your 18 perception being like, Severin speaking with another advisor. Yes, the gold is all there. Uh, magic items are there. Everything seems to be in place. Uh, and then a separate occasion being like, yes, yes, the offerings are um, restless as of course what more would you expect? But we've got them in control. And But from what you're all piecing together, both of you combined, Severin is anxious. He's anxious. He wants, he, he's ready. He's been ready for this to do. And all of the pieces are there. So he's just kind of, kind of making his rounds, actually. Like very, like that anxious walking that you have. So he's just like over and over. He'll go into his chambers the type of behavior of like he'll check the treasure chest make sure something's there close it come back an hour later check it again close it just because he's just waiting for the big event to arrive and that's what both of you together are able to discern with your 18 and using your spell slots to contribute to this result have we been able to discern so we understand that there's some humanoid sacrifice aspect is that the cultist camps that are camped around here that they're going to be sacrificed? Or is this like a specific group of people that are being held somewhere to be sacrificed? Have we Good been question. able to piece anything like that together yet? I don't think you've asked that question yet. Yeah, because that really stood out to me. This was the first yeah. time I've just been thinking the entire time that the offerings are just gold and treasure yeah. and that kind of thing. So the idea of the offerings being restless, yeah. it's making me feel more like there's a chance of maybe we don't have to go for the masks if we can go for whatever creatures are involved here. And if they're restless, if we can release them or mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. eliminate them some other way that's not involved in the ritual. Yep. Yeah, so trying to piece together that through conversation or what other spy abilities we have between the three of us to nail down... Well, what that means. I'll, I'll actually contribute to that um, as Anzar, as one of the final things that you talk to Anzar about is like, what is this restless, like these offerings? Surely the gold isn't restless. And Anzar goes, the gold is just for Tiamat's lair to encourage her. The actual offerings are souls, the souls of innocence, the souls of people. The souls of all the abandoned towns and farmhouses along the way surrounding this caldera. So he's ha- they're somewhere on the compound. They're somewhere here in a physical oh, place together. They're being held prisoner in the caldera below. They <laughs> are what will fuel the majority of the magic. Now, <laughs> my they, my lesser companions believe the ritual can be done without the sacrifice of innocent souls, but there is great magical power that can be wrought when sacrificing. 
that of a life. I mean, prison break anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we can get so this down is there. At the, coming to the end of the first week here, this information uh, comes to the forefront as you've been able to piece some of these things together. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of the last big piece of information you're able to get from Anzar and in, 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 in addition to the layout of his of where he's gone in the lava tubes we're gonna have and Mal I'll say that um, unless there was something other specific with you and Fleeble it's kind of like the joint we're gonna end then with Lance doing one more like fight you said you had a culmination moment you'd like to kind of contribute to here right yes this is gonna get interesting so Malamara and Lance had talked about disposing of Vandal's body, but we never did. We never cast anything. I never used any of my rubies to fireball, because that was the idea, was to light him on fire. We had never done that. Yeah. So Lance is going to go back into the tunnels. He's going to find the remnants of Vandal's body, and he is going to, under sneaky sneaks, he is going to basically set up a public execution of Vandal. What he's going to do is during the night, he is going to go into the white camp with Vandal's body and he is going to tie it up in very public display. He's going to... This is going to get just fun. Because he started some beef with the blue camp, what he's going to do is he's going to find some blue paint. He's going to paint that over Vandal's eyes and coming out of his mouth. And he's going to write in blue paint, Worm Speaker First your dragon next because he's going to bring that white dragon into this <laughs> whoa and okay. he's going to basically make the white camp think that the blue camp is now trying to take them over he's going to hopefully get word to the white dragon that the blue camp wants to take him down and maybe start an infight Arthur is just like, why is everybody trying to get me? Come <laughs> on God. I came here because other people were mean to me I came here because I believe in the cause. So that is a big, that's a big, that's a good big ask. So we're going to have you <laughs> that's do a, a couple rolls here. Ask. Yeah. Well, you told me you that you, I said I had something big. That's a big swing. Yeah, obviously, that is a big just swing like, and I love it. Can Mal help? Oh, yeah. If Fleeple and Mal, we're probably going to do like an eight minute thing right here where all three of you probably try to contribute and assist in this because this is a big one. Okay, first off, Lance, mm-hmm. I'm going to need maybe one of the biggest stealth rolls of your life. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. You got this for Do I have advantage? But not with my little sneaky boots. You don't because... But my boots don't make any sound. <laughs> yes, but this is a very visual camp. Yeah, that was... That, nope. it was if everybody were asleep, perfect. Yeah. Yes. Okay, but you do have guidance from Fleeple here helping you out. Here we go. And we'll just call it one stealth roll. 29. Oh, wait. Plus, you got this sport. 32. Well, I literally set the DC at 30. Oh, because this is like an almost impossible thing of like, thank you for the, you got this sport. (laughs) Guidance. Yeah. Because you're dragging a corpse through all the camps (laughs) Mal can help. He doesn't need to be dragged, Man, per this, se. It's like, it, it, it's just in a bag. Of the, this hollandaise sauce stuff he needs is so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you needed a 30, um, and you got it. Um, yeah, you, you, you spend, I will say, honestly, eight... Th- Eight out of the ten parts of this difficulty, or eighty percent of this, is going to be just sneaking the body into the white camp, yep. right? So you spend, I'll say, six hours with your friends sneaking this body in, where you were like, "All right, we're going to chill here for an hour until those guards leave their post because they're on an hour watch," and then you rush through and like you are just patient. You got all the time in the world right now, and you sh- and it shows in your performance. So well done on that and you get into the white camp and you want to smear paint and where do you want to place like in a tent itself or in the open i'm thinking obviously under the cover of night especially the setup part setting it up very much like tied like 
none of you have seen this movie, but there's, for those who have seen this movie, there's Gangs of New York. Um, Martin Scorsese movie. It's a great movie. They they basically, in the, in the cover of Night, they take this corrupt police officer and they tie him up to, like, the top of a lamppost and basically, like, put a sign on him saying, like, corrupt. That's what Lance is kind of thinking. Finding some kind of way to tie up Vandal in public display in the white camp. Maybe, like, putting him on top of the main tent or because they're on the mountainside or they're on this caldera where there's maybe like kind of cliffs kind of coming up because it used to be a volcano putting him somewhere in public display so everyone looking up from the camp can see him hanging there something like that yeah i'm gonna have you roll a um dexterity check uh yeah let's do a dexterity check and mal you can contribute with a strength check or athletics check here so is it it's just a check not a saving throw Acrobatics or just a check? Just for a you. check. Not acrobatics. We'll just have you just do a check. So add your dex modifier, and that's it. And Mal will, she'll be the one to help, like, get the body in place, suspended in the air. Okay. It's a sixteen. Nineteen from Mal. Unless uh, I got another, you got this sport, but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, might as well. Uh, yeah, Fleeple, Fleeple's there, so yeah. Let me add to my sixteen. Uh, well, that's seventeen now. Great. Uh, So the dexterity check being like tying him up correctly is where the body just doesn't immediately fall um, on the ground uh, to where it actually is displayed. You're getting the paint right. Very dexterous work there. You feel like you did like, I did a pretty good job. I could have been more professional. Like I could have done it a little bit better, but it actually might lean into just somebody in the the blue camp. Just some Joe Schmo did this type of a thing, right? And then Mal, easy enough, you're able to help prop the body up in a way in the air to a pole to where it's going to be visible once the morning light hits. So the last thing I'll have you do is I'm going to have each of you, all three of you roll me a stealth check. It's not going to be 30 at this point, but another stealth check to get out of the white camp um, as this is a more militant part of the camp. So Fleeple, Mal, and Lance. I'll need your stealth. 24. 24. Oh, a low roll for Lance. <laughs> and then we've got Fleeple. We've got a luck point is what we got. <laughs> okay. 16. 16. And then Mal. A four. I give Mal my inspiration. No, I don't want to use my inspiration. Do you have an inspiration right now? No. Then use mine. So I... Or I could give Mal mine because I do still have luck points. That might be smarter. That's fair. a good point. Fair, fair. Okay, mm-hmm. Mal, you can re-roll. 14. Okay, so we got a 24, a 16, and a 14. That's two successes still. <laughs> oh two out of three. And so the majority of you succeeded. So although Mal, sweet Mal, in all of her stealth rolls... In the cult of the camp, cult of the camp, uh, camp of the cultists, you were able to usher her safely out of the camp. Fleeple, you almost getting caught a couple times yourself, though. Uh, and Lance, you're able to do what you do and under the cover of night, help your friends escape just as the morning light is hitting and crusting the hill. And it's at that time, as you're leaving the white camp, you hear a kerfuffle. You hear a commotion and a noise. You hear yelling. You're screaming from the white camp as your efforts have been discovered. Vandal has been discovered, and there is anger. There is a commotion rising in this camp. But as you hear horns blaring in the distance, you realize that this commotion is not only in the white camp, for you hear the horns of the Council of Waterdeep, horns of the Sword Coast, as the army has just arrived at the Caldera. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Oh boy, oh boy. Hmm. The drums of war. 
Meanwhile, it's the green happening. camp's like, what's going on with everybody? <laughs> what's what's everybody I just want to say, other? we have not done anything wrong. <laughs> Can't we all just get along? Yeah. Oh, boy, fun stuff. Oh, just want to thank Jacob, Ned, and Mickey. As always, thank you for coming along this fun adventure that uh, I thought would be fun to start one day years ago so thank you always for coming back for every single episode but listeners thank you and you get the gold star for continuing to support us in this journey following along in these episodes and letting us know what you like speaking of uh letting us know what you like we have a couple shout outs to do for some of from of our listeners one of them reached out to us i believe on twitter could have been instagram i apologize uh but we've got adam saying I cast Fireball 20. I'm on episode 14 of The Tyranny of Dragons. I'm enjoying the podcast very much. They've never played D&D, so the Crunch Squads are helpful. Adam, thank you for reaching out. We will continue to do Crunch Squads um, and hopefully some other helpful segments. If you if we haven't taken a look at the Commune with Dungeon Master episodes, <laughs> go take a look at those now to help you figure out how you can get your own adventure to life. Uh, we want to shout out another person who sent us an email, Phantom Inc. They said they've been listening for quite a while now and that it, they say it's one of the best or the greatest Dungeons & Dragons podcasts that have ever befallen their ears, which Phantom Inc., thank you. That's very very kind words and we are very uh humbled that you would say that about us but um phantom Inc., thank you so much for reaching out to us uh hope you're enjoying the rest of this adventure here and we just wanted to shout out adam and phantom Inc. on this week episode if you want to get shouted out shoot us an email icastfireball2020 at gmail.com or at icastfireball20 on instagram twitter facebook youtube leave a comment but if you want to reach out to us immediately, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash iCastFireball20 and sign up for our Discord tier where you can interact with us on a daily basis and other fans of iCastFireball. And um, who knows, maybe even get your own game started with other fans of iCastFireball. Speaking of getting other games started, that's what Improv Tabletop has done with some of their stuff. So we want to shout them out. Uh, they have an amazing fan base, amazing community over there. And all of this is built around amazing content. So go give them a listen to. Go listen to Ned being a fantastic GM. And don't forget to leave them a five-star review on your way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Ventures. But until next time, I'm Thomas. Your DM and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleepo. Let's keep that fire going, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.